We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast. Justin here with you tonight at OKC Tracker as the Thunder managed to figure it out and beat the Memphis Grizzlies 99-94. to This was important because it snaps a four-game losing streak. Uh, hooray. But it does so in dramatic fashion against a team that is 15 games under 500. The Memphis Grizzlies are bad. They're really bad. And the Thunder were dead to rights for most of this game. So while the win was positive, really almost every other aspect of the game tonight was negative. But I don't want to sit here and bum everybody out. Like, I think I think we can all get pissed and upset and and do all that just fine on our own. You, you don't need my help to do that. So what I'm going to try really hard to do is to balance it out. So I'm going to put my, my Michael Cage hat on. I'm going to try to, to pump some sunshine here. Uh, I'm going to try to make us feel better. Even though it was a win, the win helps, but tonight, tonight was ugly. So I'm going to do my best to try to balance every negative with a positive. So let's, uh, let's go through this together, and hopefully by the end of it, we'll feel a little bit better. So I've got five things tonight. I've got five negatives. I'm going to balance them all out with a positive, or I'm going to try to. Negative number one, the Thunder almost lost to a Grizzlies team that was missing Mike Conley and Jaron Jackson, their two best players, and is very obviously tanking. They are coming off a big win last night against Dallas, which can only be explained by the fact that the Mavericks are also tanking. And it was a game that, like I mentioned, the Thunder were on a four-game losing streak. 
tied for the longest losing streak of the season. They're one and five since the All-Star break. They are one and six in their last seven games. They're in a tightened Western Conference where coming into this game, they had slipped to the four seed uh, behind the Portland Trail Blazers after having a pretty solid grasp on the third seed for most of the season. And I think it was very safe to say that this game tonight was a must win. Uh, with the way the Thunder had fallen in the last few, I think you could still be optimistic. While it was still frustrating, I think you could still be optimistic that <clears throat> you know those losses had explanations. They were against decent teams. We were missing PG. This happened. That happened. Losing to the Grizzlies would be catastrophic. There's no explanation for it. There's no way to explain away a loss to the Grizzlies tonight. And for most of the game, that looked like where the Thunder was heading. They were down by six at halftime. Uh, they were down by eight going into the fourth quarter. And if not for a late run in the fourth quarter, we are saying some very, very negative things about the Thunder tonight. We're still going to say negative things about the Thunder, but as I promised, we're going to balance them with positives. So the positive flip side of this, they didn't lose. <laughs> so we got that going for us. They snapped the four-game losing streak. And... I think part of part of what you can look forward to is PG should be coming back. We haven't heard anything definitive about what's going on with his shoulder. We know it's a shoulder injury. We know he start he started receiving treatment after the Denver game last week. He sat out the last couple games. I felt like when they sat him last night against San Antonio that there was a probably a pretty low chance if any chance, that he plays tonight against Memphis, and that's exactly what happened. They ruled him out, and coming into tonight, you think the Thunder can beat the Grizzlies without Paul George. That's not a big deal. You look at the upcoming schedule. They have a big road trip coming up. You hope that Paul George can return for that because things are going to start getting ugly if he can't. I think we've seen his value to this team. I think... I think they've been worse than they should have been in his absence. Like, don't get me wrong. Paul George, I think this kind of helps his MVP candidacy and showing how important he is to this team. But he's not that good. Like, he's not Thunder lose to the Grizzlies uh, good. He brings so many things to this team on both ends of the floor. He's vastly important. But the Thunder have to play better without him. If he doesn't return, they've got to be better. Like I said, I think the, the positive is you think he's coming back soon. He's been warming up. He's been getting shots up. He's been out on the floor. He's on the bench with the team. So it's not like he's you know being held up, uh, not sitting with the team. He doesn't have some big brace on his shoulder or anything like that. So all indications are that this should be a short-term deal. And so you have to think, you almost have to kind of like throw these struggles out. I know it's hard because there's a lot of glaring issues that PG can't fix by himself. But I think what we've seen with this team is their ceiling. And Paul George helps them achieve that ceiling. So you have to hope when he comes back as they make this stretch run towards the playoffs that we can kind of, you know, have amnesia for this stretch that we just saw this last week from the Thunder and press on towards the playoffs. Negative thing number two, uh, I, I, I talked about the slow start. It's been characteristic for the Thunder over the stretch. They've made it a habit with PG out to get off to slow starts. Tonight, the Thunder let the Grizzlies shoot 54.5% from the field, 
50% from three and 100% from the free throw line in the first half. Those are astronomical numbers. I mean, that's that's 50, 50, 100. You hear about the 50, 40, 90 club for players being like this exclusive thing, and that's for kind of reserved for the greatest players in the NBA. But to have a team go 50, 50, 100 for an entire half, and not just any team, but the Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizzlies who were led tonight by guys like Justin Holliday, Bruno Cabacolo, DeLon Wright. I mean, you have Avery Bradley, but like when was, when was the last time he was any good? And you're letting these guys light you up. I mean, Avery Bradley had 27 points. DeLon Wright had 17. He killed the Thunder in the first half. The Thunder defense was not locked in. And that's kind of been the theme for this team with PG out, is it just seems like their defensive identity has completely shattered. You have a team that was first in the NBA for for the first third of the season in defensive rating. They were smothering teams. You had articles being written about their vortex of doom on defense. And lately, while their offense has finally started to click as of late, which was their early struggles in the season, the defense has completely fallen off the planet. I think they're they're in the mid-20s rankings-wise for, for defense in the new year. It's not great. And we saw that some more tonight. Now, the, the Grizzlies only scored 95 points, but that's because they're the Grizzlies. Um, we talked about their first half shooting numbers, they were just, they were out of this world. They were not something that you should be seeing when you're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. So what's the positive here? What's the flip side? Well, the flip side is starting at the 735 mark in the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies are up 11. People on Twitter are jumping ship. They're calling for people's heads. Uh, They are pushing the panic button in full force. It, It was one of the more dramatic uh, Thunder Twitter meltdowns that I can remember witnessing. Grizzlies up 11, seven minutes left. After that point, Memphis missed 13 straight field goals. OKC forced three turnovers. Jeremy Grant had a block. And OKC took a four-point lead with nine seconds left. So you have this dramatic turnaround in the fourth quarter where the Thunder just put on the clamps where we saw them getting wide-open looks all throughout the first half. And most of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Thunder finally looked like they were locked in. And that's what we've seen in all of these games since the All-Star break. It's kind of followed the same formula. The Thunder getting a hole early. Uh, In every one of these games, starting with the, the Jazz game that went to double overtime that the Thunder won, every game the Thunder have fallen behind early, They've had the lead with under five minutes left. And then with the exception of the Jazz game that they won in double overtime and the Grizzlies game tonight, they've managed to lose all of those because of late game execution. I think what we've seen when the Thunder do kind of push these comebacks is you see them get back to that defensive identity a little bit. In all of these games, they're struggling to get turnovers. But then all of a sudden, when they go on this run, they get a few turnovers. It gets them some easy buckets, which helps kind of make up for their lack of shooting. And ultimately, it it closes the gap. And in every one of these cases, we've seen the Thunder been able to fight back. In each of the other games, there's been some late-game ex- execution that's caused them to fall apart. Tonight, We saw them make shots, execute down the stretch. Now, some of that is just bad execution by Memphis. The Thunder did still give them a couple open looks late. Memphis just couldn't hit them. Um, The the Memphis Grizzlies left the door open 
way more times than most teams would have left the door open in this situation tonight. And the Thunder took advantage, barely, but they took advantage and they managed to get a win. So you've got to take the positive here in that the Thunder, the Thunder can still turn it on defensively. What we need to see them do over the, the rest of the regular season, the last 19 games that we have before the playoffs, is they've got to, they've got to not treat it like a switch. They've got to use it all the time. They need to get back to smothering people because we've seen what this team's capable of on the defensive end when they're at their peak. Now, again, PG's out. PG's a great defender. PG is a big reason why this team was able to be first in the NBA in defensive rating. When he's back, you hope that returns to form. But even without him, they can be better than they were for most of the game tonight, as evidenced by that stretch run late in the fourth quarter. Negative number three. Uh, Russ was four of 13 from three tonight. I have a couple interesting stats in regards to Russell shooting three-pointers, both uh, courtesy of our pals over at the franchise. The first one from Todd Lissenby, since the Thunder made the finals in 2012, when Russell Westbrook shoots six or more threes, OKC is 68 and 87. That's a 43.8% winning percentage. When he shoots two or fewer during that same time period, they're 86 and 19, which is an 81.9 winning percentage. So they're winning almost twice as many games when he shoots fewer than two threes versus when he shoots six or more. Like I mentioned tonight, he shot 13. He's averaging coming into tonight. He was averaging 8.8 three point attempts a game since the all-star break. And I think what, what you're seeing as the cause of that, uh, is that the Thunder get behind and Russell starts chucking, which is what he has done for most of his career. So the second stat here is from Matt Ravis, also from the franchise. He tweeted out a chart. You guys should go look it up on his Twitter account that shows uh, when players shoot threes when they are down 10-plus points, down 1-9 to points, when they're tied, up 1-9 to points, and up 10 points. Most of the players in the chart, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kimball Walker, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, is kind of what you'd expect. They're shooting the most three-pointers when they're either up big or it's a kind of close game. Most of them are not shooting a ton of three-pointers when they're down 10-plus points, except for Russ. He is shooting hands-down more three-pointers when the Thunder are down 10-plus compared to any other game situation. So what we can take from that is this is what Russ has done all of his career is he feels the pressure. I think he sees the score, he sees the clock, and he starts chucking. And the problem is his percentage doesn't really go up in those situations. It's not like he's this super clutch three-point shooter that all of a sudden starts making them. He makes some here and there, and I think that's what we saw tonight. But it's, it's, a, it's a definite kind of defining bad habit for Russ. But the positive tonight, during that final stretch in the fourth quarter, uh, Russell had 12 points, three boards, an assist, and no turnovers. He was four of seven from the field, two of five from three, and most importantly, two of two from the free throw line. Uh, those stats come courtesy of Brett Dawson. So he, he got it together down the stretch. 
And I think that's what's encouraging. He played one of the most infuriating games I think I've ever seen Russell play. Like hand, the first half was it was one of the worst halves of basketball that we've ever seen from Russell Westbrook. He was erratic. It was like every bad habit that everybody likes to talk about with Russ rolled into one half. He gambled on defense. If he played defense at all, most of the time he just looked disinterested. He settled for three-pointers. He wasn't engaged in the offense. He wasn't moving. He was settling for lazy shots. Uh, it was it was frustrating. Uh, he had stupid fouls. He had bad passes, lazy turnovers. It was everything that you, every side of bad Russ that you can think of, all rolled into one. And if the Thunder had lost this game, he rightly would have received a large amount of that blame. However, he deserves a lot of credit for this Thunder win. He was big down the stretch. He turned it on. Uh, he took a couple of those patented uh, no, 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 yes three-pointers where it's like, oh, Russ, what are you doing? And then it goes in. And honestly, that's just part of the Russell Westbrook experience. If you haven't picked up on that by now, you haven't been paying attention. It's one of the things that's most infuriating about being a Russell Westbrook fan, but it's also one of the best parts about being a Russell Westbrook fan because when he hits that three to put you up late in the game, I mean, nothing feels better than that. But when it clangs out, nothing makes you more mad. But it's just part of it's part of being with Russ. You live with Russ and you die with Russ. Thankfully, tonight, the Thunder won with Russ. Negative number four, Thunder wing depth is a legitimate issue, as we've seen in PG's absence. I think tonight, I mean, tonight you start Dennis Schroeder, which is what the Thunder did against the Spurs. And it, it works okay to play Russ and Schroeder together in the starting unit. But I think the fact that there's not kind of a go-to backup three that the Thunder feel comfortable plugging in the starting lineup really hampers them all the way throughout the game because of the way it throws off their rotations. Uh, the first game in PG's absence, they tried to start Markeith Morris, and I think it's safe to say that was somewhat of a disaster. Um Markeith's still kind of learning things. He's still trying to put things together. And he's not a three. He's a four. And so him and Grant playing together, it just it just didn't seem to work. You look at some of the guys that you can try to plug in in PG space. You have Abdul Nader, who's gotten quite a bit more minutes in PG's absence. He played 23 minutes tonight, and he did okay. Uh, he was three of six from three tonight, 15 points, four of 10 overall, four of four from the free throw line. But that dude is a defensive liability. We talked about the Thunder not having that kind of defensive uh, identity that they've had through most of the season. It's really amplified in PG's absence, and I think that's part of the reason. If Nader is your replacement uh, three for this team with Paul George out, they're not going to have the defense with Abdul Nader. You look at guys like Deontay Burton, uh, even Hamadou Diallo, it's just there's the defense isn't there. There's nobody that the Thunder have behind Paul George that can be a, a capable backup. And it's really the only weak spot on this team in terms of depth at every other position. They have a very quality backup. Um, but the three spot is just a legitimate area of concern. And I think it's something that everybody's aware of. I think we all hoped that maybe they'd solve it in the trade deadline or the buyout deadline, but neither of those had happened. So I think it's kind of, you know, this is our, our ride or die crew heading to the playoffs a little bit. And I think it's going to continue to be an issue, but hopefully one that is somewhat solved 
when Paul George comes back and you don't need as many minutes from a backup three because you have one of the best players in the NBA starting at the three for you. So the flip side here, what's a positive we can take from tonight? Um, There's been so many negatives lately over this stretch. I think one of the best positives that we got tonight was that Steven Adams was kind of awesome. It was a real bad night for the the trade Steven Adams contingency, which has been very vocal on Twitter lately. Steven Adams put in 13 points and 22 boards tonight. He was hands down the leading rebounder on the floor. He was very active in the post. He had a new career high, eight rebounds in the first quarter. And this stat comes from StatMuse. He's the first player in ThunderSonics franchise history with multiple 20 rebound games in the same season since a guy by the name of Sean Kemp. That's pretty good company to be in. And I think it's been evident that Adams hasn't been himself. I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if he's injured. Whatever it is, kind of leading into the All-Star break, you hoped that that little bit of rest at the All-Star break would be enough to get him back on track. He came out after the All-Star break and you know got pushed around by Jokic, got pushed around by LaMarcus Aldridge. And people were really down on Steven, and and rightfully so. Like, I get it. He didn't play well. But, like, let's be real. Uh, Two months ago, you guys were all clamoring for him to be an all-star, myself included. You know, it'd be great to see him be an all-star. I didn't think he'd get in, but, like, let's let's root for it. And now y'all are turning on him like he's trash. And he's not trash. You know, he's he's a very solid center in the NBA. There's a couple guys that seem to get the best of him. Uh, like Nurkic in Portland comes to mind. But when it comes crunch time, uh, this is a guy you want on your team. And I think we saw a lot of that tonight uh, from Steven Adams. I was really happy for him just like as a person, but as a Thunder fan, it's really encouraging to see him kind of get back to some of his old ways. I mean, 22 rebounds. Uh, you don't you don't get many 22 rebound nights, especially from from guys on the Thunder. So you have to appreciate it when you see it. And so hopefully this can quell some of the like trade Steven Adams talk moving forward. And honestly, hopefully he can continue to have performances like this to help quiet the critics. Negative number five, um, the Thunder's upcoming schedule is brutal. So this isn't specifically about tonight's game, but it kind of amplifies and illustrates why it was so important for the Thunder to get this win. So they'd lost four straight. Uh, They'd lost five of six. They get the win tonight. And that's important because coming up, their next four games are at Minnesota, at Portland, at the Clippers, at Utah. That is hands down the toughest road trip for this team of the season. You have Minnesota, who they just always seem to struggle with. You have Portland, where they did get a win there earlier this season. But traditionally, over the last few years, they cannot win in Portland. You have the Clippers, who they've already lost to this season. Uh, and the Clippers, uh, for whatever reason, seem to be making a playoff push. I, I thought they would kind of start to fall out of contention, but it, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And then, of course, you have Utah, who they're firmly in a battle with in kind of the middle of the standings. Uh, we know the history there with the playoff series last year. We know what we just saw in the double overtime game in Oklahoma City. That's a game the Thunder really need to get. And it's just kind of, we've talked about it over and over and over, but the Thunder schedule is just brutal down the stretch. So you have to take advantage of games like you had tonight against Memphis because there's not many games like that left on the schedule. You look down 
And your easiest games, I mean, you have Brooklyn. They've been better, but they're still Brooklyn. Um, you have Miami. You've got to beat Miami. You have another game against Memphis. You've got to win that one. You have Dallas, who's firmly in tank mode. You've got to win that one. Um, Detroit, I guess, is an easy game. But like, other than that, uh, the rest of the games are going to be tough. They're all against teams that are jockeying for playoff position. There's no gimmies. So when you do have a gimme like you had tonight against Memphis, you had to take care of business, and thankfully the Thunder were able to do that. The positive of the schedule, it's tough to really kind of spin a positive out of this, but I guess one would be that 10 of the final 19 games are at home. The Thunder actually have the fourth best record in the Western Conference at home. Uh, So, you know, they're just a little, I think they're two games over 500 on the road. At home, they're much stronger. Uh, Antonio Daniels hit on it on the uh, post-game wrap-up, and he talked about the Thunder fans, and everybody talks about the Thunder fans and how great they are. But really, I think having uh, slightly more than half of your remaining games at home is a huge blessing for this team because they're going to need it. They're going to need that energy. You could feel it in the arena tonight. Like Even when things were terrible and everyone on Twitter was jumping ship, that crowd, they wanted to cheer for something. They were desperately waiting for something to go right so that they could cheer. And the Thunder needed it. It, it took, uh, there was an alley-oop, I believe it was to Schroeder, to Jeremy Grant, and it just ignited the crowd. And the Thunder were still down pretty big at that point. But I think if you don't have that kind of boost, then you know maybe the Thunder aren't able to get it done tonight. But I think the crowd was a big part of why they were able to get over the hunt. As I mentioned, another positive, OKC's third in the West. They hold the tiebreaker over Portland, which is great. So even if they are to lose uh, on Thursday against Portland, they still hold the tiebreaker. So that's good when it comes to playoff standings, a little bit of cushion, but things have definitely gotten tighter during this kind of rough stretch for the Thunder. And then also you have Golden State is back up in the first in the in the one seed. So why that's important is if the Thunder are in the third seed, then they would play the Nuggets in the second round, which is obviously favorable to playing the Warriors in the second round. So hopefully the Thunder can maintain that. I don't think this will be the last time that you see the standings jumble up a little bit. I think it's going to be tense all the way down the stretch. But as of right now, the Thunder hold the three seed, so we can be thankful for that. I want to jump into some of our Twitter questions. We got a few. Uh, most <laughs> most of them are uh, not very serious, but I want to address them. Thanks for sending those in. The first one is from at Jack's underscore row says, has a win ever felt more like a loss? It's, it's hard to find one that felt more like a loss than tonight. I mean, I was mulling over ideas for what I was going to do on this post game podcast that they lost. And one of my ideas was just, you know, 25 minutes of just like bleeped out curse words um, because that's that's the state that the Thunder would have been in had they lost this game. Uh, thankfully, they didn't. I think it, it feels it helps a little, but there's there's a lot of issues that need to be solved for this team moving forward, heading into just a brutal week for the schedule. At Marv's asks any heart medicine recommendations. Um, I think the best recommendation would be to become a Warriors fan. I think if you are a fan of the Thunder, uh, there's not much I can do for you. I'm not sure that a prescription exists on the market that's going to get you through this. I think with the way the schedule is shaped up and 
what this team likes to do. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast I was on um, at HB Basketball. Matt Moore, he has a tweet that he likes to retweet pretty much every time the Thunder play that basically says, the Thunder never blow anybody out and the Thunder never get blown out. And that's part of our curse as a Thunder fan. It's always entertaining, but my goodness, it is always stressful. And then uh, the last question is from at Anaruda BVB09, who asks, why was Thunder Mob so unhappy today? He's usually cool. Well, <clears throat> it looks like he already answered your question, but uh, Jacob said he forgot to take his antidepressants this morning. Uh, just ignore him. I think I think everybody has a should get a free pass for whatever they said on Twitter tonight. It was a it was a dark place. We were all in dark, a dark place together. Hopefully we can come out of it. Hopefully the positives that I tried really hard to put together tonight can make you feel a little better. Uh, can can try to bring a little bit of uh, sunshine into what we've seen from the Thunder lately, which has mostly just been disappointing and stressful. That'll do it for tonight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following along on our Twitter account at the underscore uncontested. If you're new here, we live tweet every Thunder game and we follow it up with a post game podcast just like this one. Uh, so if you haven't yet, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Podcast Fanatic. I might have just made that up, but surely that exists. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you should be able to find us. If you like what we're uh, putting out, if you like what you're hearing, we would really appreciate it. If you jump on Apple, Apple Podcasts, go into iTunes, uh, give us a five-star review. It takes five seconds. Uh, go in, click five stars. If you want to leave us a nice note, we really appreciate it. We always share those. We read them all. It means a lot to us. Uh, we're really it, appreciative woo, of you guys uh, tuning in, interacting with us, getting through this Thunder season together. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for you as we head to the playoffs, so get excited for that. Look out for that. Most of all, guys, uh, the Thunder win, so let's let's enjoy that. It's not pretty, but a win's a win, uh, and let's hope that there's more wins on the horizon. With that said, thanks for following along. If you want, follow me on Twitter, at OKCTracker. That'd be dope. If not, that's cool, too. Uh, that'll do it for tonight. Thanks for listening. Thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.